you have very competent people, you have very, very strong expertise, people with 30 years of experience, you just have to get them to work right. You can work in any business, but you cannot make difference in any business. I don't need to hire everyone I like, I need to hire the ones that want to work for it. And if they want, it means that they are committed. A job is just a job, but it needs to be done right. It needs to be taken personally. If you are happy, you are one step closer to being successful. This is Siana TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers, and I'm joined here today by Rui Pedro Silva. A uh, very warm welcome, uh, Rui. Thank you. Rui, originally from uh, Portugal, he studied in Lisbon and has his Master in Business Administration from the University of Madrid. He worked in different organizations, different levels of uh, IT organizations all over Europe, in Germany, the UK, Spain, and now in the Netherlands. And this experience has given him a very strong background to successfully lead IT teams. Since 2016, he's been working at Marsk, the biggest uh, shipping company in the world, where he leads the IT function that is fully focused on the uh, customer's business of Marsk. So his team plays a key role in the growth and the onboarding of the Marsk uh, customers. Welcome, Roy. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So let's uh, first talk about the, uh, the transformation program that you have implemented at, uh, in your organization. So as you rightfully said, I joined Maersk in 2016, end of 2016. And, and one of the, back then was Demco. Uh, Maersk had a, a different brand under the logistics and services. Um, and, and as you said, this, this department is mostly focused on customers. And working on customers, uh, we need to be able to have not just the right implementation, but the right message to the customer. Because we, we interact with Nikes and Adidas and all these big brands day in, day out. Mm -hmm. So when I joined, um, one of the first things I realized is that we had absolutely no structure. Okay. Which is kind of ironic because it's a big company. It's a, and by no structure means we were able to do the job but we weren't able to follow up and, and be able to get the right information, the right timing, and do informed decisions uh, quickly if mm -hmm. we need to have something in place. Um, the teams, we had teams in Europe, we had teams in America, teams in Asia, very unstructured, not, not very standardized, and different roles, different models. And we had situations where customers like uh, customers in retail, they would feel that they were talking to different companies even though they were talking to the same. So, it's kind of a, there was kind of a big challenge in it. Okay. Um, so the first, the first, when I joined in the, f the first week, I, I, I started asking the team, um, what, what is our pipeline? What are we working for? Um, um, what is our next target? What is our next priority? What, is the, what escalations do we have now? And it took me about two months to collect this information. Um, as, you can, as you can imagine, if you're working to customers, if you're working in a the, in the company with the size of, brand, or the, the size of mask, you can't take two months to get this information, right? You need to get it in seconds, in minutes, yeah. and you need to be able to, to deprioritize or prioritize something pretty quick because this could, this could ultimately cost you business. Uh, and this is also one of the, the cool things I joined Marsk is in, in this area is because while in technology we talk about being at the heart of the business, the heart of the, of the, the growth, in our case we are in fact <laughs> in the heart of it, right? Because if we fail, we don't get money, if we succeed, we have higher chances to have more business out of, the, out of those customers. Yep. And, and that is the driver. That was the driver. I, in my mind and together with the team, my driver was you have very competent people. You have very, very strong expertise, people with 30 years of experience in logistics. We just have to get them to work right, get them to streamline and, and, and harmonize processes in a way that you get information quick, you can make decisions quick, you can give the information to stakeholders quick so they can make the best decisions to their business. So we, we defined the roadmap um, and I would be I would like to tell if we just follow the roadmap 100% so we were changing continuously because also business was changing but in our roadmap the priority was visibility, um, more flexibility, being more um, able to, to, to change things more uh, uh, faster and not being always stick, uh, st stuck in this three-month 
four-month plan and also being able to to do more upfront, to talk more to customers, discuss more about, uh, um, with, with them, having more co-creation and not, not necessarily just whole, go on the phone and go on email and go back and forth and back yeah. and forth. So, so it was badly organized, let's say? Yes. And what was the reputation that IT had at that moment? Well, this team was, was known as a, well, it's not the right word, but I would say it's a cancer in the sense of uh, it's not getting better and it's continuously getting worse. Okay. And, and that, that's, and I felt that also very unfair to a lot of those people, mm -hmm. the people that was working there, right? I, I always say that um, you need to respect people's experience. Mm -hmm. And if you set them for failure, you can't just blame them, yeah. right? And, and I felt they were set for failure. Okay. Um, and people with 20, 25, 30 years of experience, of course less as well, you need to be able to leverage that knowledge. You need mm -hmm. to be able to get them to do a good job, having the right conditions to do that job. And, yeah. and then, then everything flows faster. Um, so we put this plan, and we put a plan to focus on delivery, focusing on um, changing priorities faster without causing a massive impact on the everything, on, on, on the overall thing, but also putting governance. And by governance means knowing how to communicate with stakeholders, mm -hmm. knowing how to, um, to escalate, do basic things on risk assessment, evaluate uh, the risk of getting it done or not getting it done. Um, and, and this went all over uh, the world introducing a new system. So we introduced um, uh, Jira as a, one of the platforms for backlog management and customer interaction. Mm -hmm. We introduced um, kind of agile methodology Scrum, not in a pure essence because um, as, you probably, as you probably know, we need to be able to have the entire team to work on this model. Mm -hmm. And when we work with external customers, we tell them we're going to work in, in sprints and they say, yeah, sure. <laughs> I still want to have this done in four months and this is my waterfall plan and I don't really mind how you do it. Yep. So it's, it's kind of a, when I talk about Agile Scrum in the team, it's, it's a little bit more from a sense of having quicker interactions and finding out faster if you are going in the right direction. Okay. And the mindset of not waiting until the end to figure out if you're right, mm -hmm. that's what makes a huge improvement because you catch these things faster and th then you can react. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm all over being proactive rather than reactive. Mm -hmm. uh, and and um, my mindset is very data driven. Um, I, can, I usually say this for, uh, for fun that feelings uh, have led me to marry the German. <laughs> so uh, that means I need, need, need to rely more, more on, on the data because I'm Portuguese. Uh, and she always makes fun because I always, she always says you never walk alone, right? So you're, for Portuguese, you're quite German then? Yes, yes. <laughs> that's why I, I find it funny. Um, that's probably, probably the reason why I, I'm, I got married in, with a German. It's, it's, Data is not always 100% right, mm -hmm. but it, it gets you one step closer. Yeah. And, uh, and if you think about, uh, and we'll talk about, about supply chain and everything in general, I think the biggest transformation we did in the team was not necessarily the overall methodology and the overall mm -hmm. governance, but rather to, f to think that if you have the right data, you are, you are much stronger to put your position and to define where you are, and also to make someone else accountable, right? In, in our IT departments, if you look at the data, we, we fail a lot of projects. That's mm -hmm. a fact. And, and, and we have a lot of this blame game, right? It's your fault, my fault. Um, I don't like that game, mm -hmm. but I like to make people accountable. I like to, to say, if we mess up, that's our fault, and we're going to fix it. If someone else messes up, they need to be accountable for that, and they need to do something better for the next time we do it right. That's yep. the only way from an organization to, pro to, to, to progress and be better. If we, we just keep on playing on this game of it's my fault, your fault, it's always someone else's fault. Yeah. You don't get anywhere. Uh, and how did you develop that plan? Was that something that you developed with the <coughs> team or you had outside help for this? Or how did you re did this reorganization, let's say? I think it's a combination. So we, had not, we did not really get outside from, uh, help from outside. Um, but we worked with the team. So what I, what I told them, and I, I was humble enough to tell them, I don't have the perfect solution. So you need to bear with me. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try different things. So that's why I said, when I said a roadmap, was not that we had all these milestones. We're more, I want to be in a situation where a year from now, I need to, I am, I'm able to change an entire prioritization overnight and things will be um, uh, managed properly. And, and, and the way we get there, it's not clear. Um, and this is where it gets the culture, the culture changes. So we, mm -hmm. I have people from UK, people from Sweden, people from China, people from US. Um, getting all these people to, to, to trust this, let's try it. You know, 
change, irrespective of being IT or, or anything else, it's very hard for a lot of people. Of course. And, and the process of getting people to work with you and embrace the change, it's, it's one of the hardest things you have in life, right? So I could come there and say, we're going to do all of these things. I'm going to put all the buzzwords in the market from a transformational perspective. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. My boss will love it. And I'm going to get a very nice score in my appraisal. But that's not going to take him anywhere because I'm not going to have buy-in from a lot of people. And if you don't get the buy-in from that people, it's, 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 you, sh you shouldn't ask someone else, someone something you don't understand yourself, right? You need to be able to, to understand something so you can start asking others to, to also follow it. And this is where... Um, getting all these people on board, it's, it's where I felt that we made, we made a, a massive, because everything else after yep. was just happening naturally. We, we, we try different things, we put different But processes. how do you do this? How, because it's an international team, they're all over the world, they have a bad reputation. How do you make that change? How do you initiate this, that change? Um, I, I always hate that question because I never <laughs> have an answer. Um, I, I, I like to believe, and this is just my, my own belief, that it's, it's based on, on empathy. It's creating the empathy with people. I have a, a, a technical background, and it's a pure self-made technical background. So I never studied computer science or engineering. Well, I tried, but it did not really work out. So my background comes from business studies, business administration. So every time you go to an IT, those start feeling, oh, another people manager that wants to do a lot of fancy stuff. In my case, I come to the world and say, you know what, I, I, have, I, have, I have done technical stuff and therefore I understand your pain and I'm going to work with you to also protect you. You know, one of the best feedbacks I get from my people is that they came, they came from the past where if someone would escalate, they would be the first ones to be thrown under the bus. Mm -hmm. In my case, it's the other way around. The first thing I do is to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's to, to say, you know what, I trust this guy blindly and if he says that something is wrong, if you are the one escalating, I'm going to tell you, you have to back off and you have to wait because I'm going to figure out and I will come back to you. And, and these small actions that you start, I started before any transformation to, to show them that I don't think that they are bad. I just think they have been set up for failure. And then you have to show this empathy. Of course, this is an ideal world. We also have people that has not performed well. Mm -hmm. But even those, you can't simply just come there and say, you know, you are just worse than others. Sometimes it's just about being in the wrong place you can use those skills to do something else within the team. And we have examples where guys were doing something that were not really their thing and they were not progressing as they wanted and they were not delivering as they wanted. And with small changes in the tasks they were doing, they became outstanding performers. And so that's, that's what I like. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I like um, social sciences, human behavior. My, my real passion is about uh, human brain and human behavior and how do you get people to to, to work together irrespective of IT or whatever. So I don't have a, a, a formula, but I, I like to believe that I get people to trust me because I really mean what I, what I say. I, it's not that I, I want to tell people that I trust them just because I want to trust them, it's because I really do. Yeah, so you empower them, you trust them, you have their back, you come up for them. Yes. So these are things that, and so what kind of um, behavior change that you see then in the teams? Well, the, f the first behavior change is that they start using their own data to back them, to, to, to back up what they are proposing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and they are also starting to think about very basic principles on the finance and the cost control and, and, the, and the changes and the scope and the mindset of the customer and the co-creation and not necessarily just being a, um, a support team, mm -hmm. but really, really being a business partner. So if I look to the numbers and the, the, how much we can do now with the same amount of people and, and we, we are doing, I don't know, like 250% more or less with the same amount of people, 250% more, it's a huge increase. And that happens because they also realize that, for example, a very good measure, I usually call the efficiency ratio, which means in 100 days, if a task would be open, we would be working on it six, seven days. Mm -hmm. It's like six, seven percent is really, really low. And that happens because they were working in everything at the same time. Yeah. I'm going to start everything and I want to see which one is going to stop in between. What I one of the things we change and also what they also have there, they are doing on their own is that we have to focus. Right. If, if I if I do 20 things and I fail 19, that's bad. But if I do five and I finish five, I have a bigger chance to be on top. And, and we are we are now I don't have the, the latest, but we are around 80 percent. In 100 days, we work 80 days in a task. 
looking at our volume, looking at the size of Mars, that's an impressive number. Mm -hmm. And if you think on the timeline, three years, that's even more. And, and that's not what I did, it's what they do. And, and, they, and I don't want to be a cliche, but it's, when I talk to you in this interview, it's fantastic, but it's, it's, I really want to emphasize again that this is all about the people that I have there and mm -hmm. the, how, how much they have done this transformation and how much they have changed to be yep. at this point and to be seen in the, in, the, in the organization as an example of a successful company, uh, a successful team. So the reputation has completely changed then now? Well, I like to believe on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I, I'm, I, it, it, for sure. Uh, we, we, keep having, we keep getting feedback from our stakeholders. It's, that's important, right? Mm -hmm. to, to learn what they think and, and not just be in our own silo and have our own experience. So they tell us we still have things we can do better, but where we were and where we are now, it's, it's just a notion. Yeah. And, and we are a notion company, so it's a good, it's a good compliment. Uh, do you measure the satisfaction of your um, yes. clients, your customers? Yes, so we, we, we have a, a survey. Well, we, have, we do the traditional way. We have also a survey that we release every, at the end of each project. Um, and the survey goes, there's multiple sections, and then there is a formula that I like to put in Excel that makes it very professional. Mm -hmm. um, and this gives a score between one and five. Uh, and as the, the latest average is 4.3, which is quite a good number if okay. you think about how many things can go wrong in an IT project. And are there still things that you would further like to develop in the team or are you fine like things go today? What's, what's the plan with the further transformation of the organization, IT organization? Um, I, I, th I think operationally wise, we, we are in a very good stage. Um, nevertheless, it's very, it's very hard to say I don't want to do anything else, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we never know. Uh, our also, we are, Marsk is going also through a big transformation uh, on its own. Um, and I, sti I still think we, c we can be better on, uh, we can be better the way we think on the solution. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not so much focused anymore on how do we, op how do we execute it, but I'll, I'll rather how do we think about it. Sorry, and how do we get the, the, the right approach to get this customer uh, uh, better served. Our customers, we get massive companies uh, of our portfolio complementing the way we do. What I want to, to also have is, is, is that they complement what do we do. Mm -hmm. And they say, what you did, is, it's, a, it's a real differentiator. And, and coming from business studies and business administration, I, I, I like this um, differentiator factor, right? Maersk is not a cost, low cost company. It's, it's, it's a, there's, there's so many companies in this world that do logistics and, and mm -hmm. I, lo I love Marsk and I really feel Marsk. And it's because I believe we like to do a differentiator. We like to differentiate ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you can use technology to do that, uh, well, I don't think these days you can do any other way, then it's even better. And is uh, technology and, and let's say digital and technology seen as a, a strategic resource and asset in by the, let's say, the the overall uh, leadership of the company? Yes, well, well, the first example is that our global CTIO is part of the executive board. Mm -hmm. And being part of an executive board of a $40 billion company revenue, it's, it's a big thing. Yeah. So, Maersk, I don't know the 100%, but if you go to investigate a bit where transport and logistics is on the, on the hierarchy of technology-enabled companies, mm -hmm. we are pretty low, right? Yeah. We have healthcare lower than us, and then it's transport and logistics. So, Maersk, and, and I think the entire business uh, around this, realizes that we don't have any other way. Mm -hmm. And it's not just one of the good things and bad things of being a third-party logistics or a fourth-party logistics or whatever we call it, is that it's not just about how we define our, tech, our process and how, how do we do our own transformation, mm -hmm. but, but also how do we get this to be embraced by our customers. Because we execute someone else's business, right? And that's really hard. It's not, it, it, we move someone else's goods, we, we, we consolidate someone else's cargo, yeah. and, and we interact with those, with, with those companies, right? If we tell them uh, that, if we give them a specific milestone of a specific container wrong, their entire operational and their yeah. entire uh, uh, model may fail. So we, we have our transformation plus every single customer of ours transformation at the same time. So we don't have any other way. If, okay. you, if you don't respect technology, if you don't, embrace the fact that you can't go anywhere without it, um, then you will be out of business pretty soon. One of the examples that you shared with me uh, of the, <laughs> the impact that the transformation of the team had was that you were able to do um, a program around fulfillment of e-commerce orders. 
True. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's my baby. Um, I, I, I love that project. Um, and this is what I mentioned to you uh, of thinking about a solution, right? For Maersk is not, we are not an e-commerce company by nature, right? We came from a shipping, mm -hmm. a vessel, a container. Um, but these days, retailers, not just retailers, but everyone is, is on, on the e-commerce world. It's trying to go embrace the omni-channel, right? Mm -hmm. You're probably going to talk to people that is doing that. And omni-channel, it's, 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 it's about buying it, uh, buying it anywhere, fulfilling it anywhere. What I think is that, and, and this is what we thought back then as well, is that usually companies fulfill their orders out of their existing, existing stock in their warehouse. Yep. It's great. But there is a world before that. There are so many points of stock that are in transit before the goods arrive at the warehouse that we, we, we can't just ignore it. So Maersk is one of the few companies in the world that can provide you all the way from a manufacturing plant to a distribution center or a fulfillment center. There are not many companies, right? We can cover every single piece of this chain. So if we, if we just ignore it, mm -hmm. then we are not really <laughs> lifting viral values. We, we can't ignore it. And so this project was about customers want to do omnichannel. Customers have multiple stock locations, being stores, being warehouses. And can you give an example? Who, like what type of customers? Uh, retailers, right? Well, like like a, or, uh, I don't know, um, like a lot of customers. Like a lot, okay. Like a lot of names. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and, 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 but it's mostly on retail. Mm -hmm. Mostly on, on, I would even say fashion, electronic retail, right? Okay. It's, when you go online on Amazon, that's what most of things are trying to buy, right? Um, and, and so they have multiple stock locations. And, and a lot of them are, are trying to do their own um, uh, e-commerce fulfillment on these things like pick up, by, pick up in store and, and stuff like that. But a lot of them, they don't want to think about all this process, right? They just want to have a marketplace where someone goes there and say, I want to buy a pair of shoes, mm -hmm. a sports shoes or, or a football boots I want to buy, and I want to have it as quick as possible. So you're going to have there this, what we call available to commerce. This is available to be bought tomorrow, mm -hmm. or is, uh, sorry, to be delivered at your apartment tomorrow, or Amazon is these days doing it in one hour in, in some places, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. But I also think that that's, that's a big thing, and this is also what we try to put in this platform, is, is how do we optimize the, the, the delivery of this, and, and how do we provide the right available to commerce, taking in consideration stock reservations and organic stores and, 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 eco and um, B2B st stocks. So there's a lot of stock that is, com is competing in different channels. This is one of the, the things we put, we put in place. It's what we usually call the order management. Yeah. But we ought, to, and this takes in consideration delivery time, uh, shipping costs, carrier costs, everything that gives you the optimal, this, the optimal fulfillment. Yep. So you go to an Amazon, and this costs two euros because it's optimal in, in terms of uh, calculation of all these variables. What we also tr try to do, it's, it's, and I think it's gonna, we're going to get there more and more, and it's just my personal opinion, of course, is that I'm on vacations. If I'm on vacations and I want to order a pair of shoes, I don't want them delivered tomorrow. I want them delivered in three weeks or in two weeks. Okay. Because we don't always, we are not always at home, and I don't want to get there and then have to go to DHL and pick it yep. right. So in two weeks from now, I don't have stock in my uh, uh, warehouse in Brussels, but I'm going to have it in a week from now. So I don't have it now, but I'm going to have it in a week from now because it's it's a, it's in a truck, mm -hmm. and the, and the arriving time it's uh, a week from now. So if this order is done in two weeks from now, you have available stock. It's just not physical in your warehouse. Yep. And you need to take it in consideration. And if you do that, you're going to start selling things that are not even stock. So it's stock forecast as well. Yes. And, and you reduce the entire cost, right? Because if you don't have stock in a warehouse, you don't have all the costs around having yep. this stock there. And, and it is almost, you almost move to a, to a uh, in and out immediately. And that's, yep. that's fantastic, the just-in-time fulfillment and that's where data and, and, and technology can really make a difference and that's how you can differentiate from your competition. Yeah, well, we, we have, as I said, we, we cover the entire chain. We have all these data. Mm -hmm. We have patterns. We have uh, uh, forecasts for a lot of customers. We have, and, and if, if we use this data also from a, from a, a forecast of fulfillment and a forecast of uh, um, to, 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 to make the warehouses with the right stock, that's 
Fantastic. And, and this is where I think technology, we, we, uh, together with uh, our commercial areas, we came up with a cool solution that uh, can, be, uh, can be leveraged. Okay. So you transformed the, um, your uh, IT organization. You did, uh, did a number of projects um, that, uh, that really made a difference for, uh, for, for uh, your company. Tell me a bit how, how is uh, your IT organization, your IT and digital organized in, uh, in, in your company? Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a, our overall IT is quite large, right? Uh -huh. It's quite a big, right? so the, the digital and the, the classic, as we call it there, um, it's, it's, it's not necessarily together. So we don't have uh, one team doing everything. So we have um, people more focusing on digital delivery and using more of these microservices and, and uh, blockchain and data analytics and a lot of these things around. And then we have teams that are not necessarily technical to think about those things, but more from a business requirement perspective, mm -hmm. right? That, that can link this. I, I, like, I like to tell that people should be agnostic in technology. I, I, technology is my least concern. Mm -hmm. um, and this sounds interesting because I work in technology, but it's indeed my least concern. It's, it, it's getting all the time there. It's getting on the level that you just can leverage it. Yep. What my, my biggest concern is, is mostly how do we get people to think about it? How do we get people to think about not just the traditional database thing query, but rather to think about producing predictive and predictive and analytics, to, to think about security, to think about um, isolating uh, specific processes because they are super heavy to your overall organization. And, mm -hmm. and that, is, that is how we try to organize. People that is more thinking, a little bit more agnostic on whatever we use it. And then we have more technology, technical teams that are more specialists, right? Okay. Guys that know very well about Microsoft cloud services, guys that know very well about uh, IBM type of services and so on. And, and, and if we combine them, then we can have a pretty strong... And so you call the more closer to the business teams, more, you call that the digital teams and more classic uh, technology teams, the IT teams or...? No, they're all part of IT. What we yeah. have is closer to the customers, we call them the, 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 the requirement engineers, the, the business uh, partners. <clears throat> and then we have what we call the... We, we are organizing the products, so we organize as a technology, uh, techn technology products. So we have products that are technically more digitized mm -hmm. <laughs> and products that are technically more um, classic, right? So mm -hmm. the, the ERPs and stuff like that. And so the way we organize as a product, it's, it doesn't matter what, what technology behind, as long as you have the core team that understands it. So mm -hmm. we have people that are working more on, uh, on microservice type of technology and people that are working in a monolithic yep. TMS that we have. In and you have teams all in different locations, how is, how is that? Yes, we have, well, my team is uh, in 14 countries. 14? Yes, yes. Um, and of course, I have locations with two and locations with 20. Uh, but it's in 14 countries, yeah. And that's... <laughs> and how do you make them work together? I still try. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I travel a lot first. Mm -hmm. And um, they also travel a lot. Uh, and, and we need to, well, we also use technology, right? <laughs> it's not just about how do we use technology to serve customers, but also how do we use technology to communicate better. Yep. Uh, and, and tools like Jira improve communication. And, and, and I like to try to get away from the email as much as I can, yep. because it's a very asynchronous uh, uh, communication. Um, we, we are even trying things now with a customer, like with, with Slack and, and mm -hmm. this type of technology that can help us to have a more real-time communication. And of course, Skype for Business and Video, video calls and see someone's face. Uh, something I introduced, or I did not introduce, but I tried to bring more. When I came, we were using mostly um, a phone call. I like to see people's face. Yeah. I think it makes it entirely different experience on communication. Um, and, uh, and, and it's what we try to do. And uh, it's not easy. It's a lot of people, a lot of languages, yeah. a lot of cultures. Uh, not everyone is comfortable in a, in a camera. <laughs> um, but we try to work it out. So how would you describe your fundamental role in, in, in your organization? Um, my fundamental role in the organization is, is to, to, to link and to, to bring the link of what is the business mindset to, to, the, to the technology people. Mm -hmm. I really think that. Okay. Because I'm not a technology specialist. I'm not a digital specific technology specialist or whatever. 
my fundamental role is really to connect these two, to, to, to these two areas. And I keep saying that the, the, the success comes from, from, from closing the gap between what these guys want and what these guys understand of what they want. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and getting this, and this is of course a cliche, a lot of people say that, but I really believe if these, they want something and those do not understand it, it's not even necessarily about not even talking, it's understand what they're yeah. talking. Um, then this gap gets bigger and bigger. And, and my, my fundamental role comes to get our, our technical people, our technology people to, to build processes to understand better, to show better, to improve, continuously improve, and close the gap mm -hmm. to what our commercial people need. So your background is more in, in, in business and then you added technical skills to that. Uh, you think that's easier for somebody to be successful as a CIO than somebody who comes from a technical background and needs to add business uh, skills to that? Or uh, I, I think you can get there either way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's mostly about how much, how much you invest on it. So I, I know fantastic previously engineers, electronic and computer science that became a fantastic leaders yep. also from a business side and also the other way around, right? So I, I, don't, I don't think it makes big difference. What I think is important is that you have both knowledge. I know this is not always a bit controversial, but I, I don't like much of this pure business managing technical people because I also don't, I also don't manage uh, uh, a container uh, business myself, right? Mm -hmm. you, you need to at least have a feeling about what you're talking. Yeah. And, and I, I usually say that IT is one of the areas where unfortunately, it's like football, right? Everyone has an opinion mm -hmm. and everyone knows more than the other. Yeah. Uh, and, and having a way, you need to have a way to at least understand what your people is talking. And yeah. this is back to your first, when you asked the question about the, how do you get people to work with you? It's also about that, right? If you say, if you say something, if you, if you talk about something, your own people needs to feel that you know what you're talking and you mm -hmm. may not know in the detail specific, but you have a clear idea and you yep. can make a better judgment. So I think either way could work. Okay. Now to, to be successful and to bring successful programs, you need successful teams. We already talked about how you uh, uh, empower your team, how you uh, give them focus, uh, how, you, uh, how you support <coughs> them. Um, can you also talk about how you uh, attract the right people and, uh, and, 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 and make how you do their de personal development, professional development, and how you make sure that you retain the talents that you have? That's, um, I, I, well, that's a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. if, if you work in a company like, like ours, like Musk, but I think in so many other companies, you are competing with, it's, it's an unfair market. You are competing with startups, with Googles and Facebooks and LinkedIn's and every, everyone that is doing technology related yep. work, right? So if I put a job offer out there and I say, you're gonna come to work for Musk, we move containers, it's a fantastic business. They're going to say, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a challenge. <coughs> that's a big challenge. Okay. And, and then on top of it, as I mentioned, we are not on the top of the uh, hierarchy technology rise, right? So it makes it even worse. Um, so I would like to you if I say I have been incredibly successful to attract, mm -hmm. to attract young talent to work with us. What I can say is that I have been successful enough to at least convert our people to have a little bit of that mindset. Mm -hmm. And that also helps to bring some others inside that can work. Um, one of the things I like to do when I interview people is not that I usually have this, I don't look at, I leave the CV out. So I go to interview, I don't take the CV. Uh, and so I try, I try to make it more informal to the people so they feel that we are also, we can also be cool and, 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 uh, and having a different way of working, yeah. but also get them to talk to our people. Uh, and and, and I usually say you can work in any business and I tell our talent, uh, the people I talk to and the, key, the, the young people we talk and, and I tell them you, you, can, you can work in any business but you cannot make difference in any business and that's the key mm -hmm. to get in, in our yep. companies is that if you work for a bank it's going to be great but they are already a lot, right? They have a lot. You're going to be one person making a big contribution, that's yep. fantastic. But if you come to work with us you can be part of something incredibly big. Because still a lot of things need yes. to be done. And, and yes. I mean, it's a huge organization, so there's plenty of opportunity to still do very important it's projects. A, it's, a, it's a big journey, right? No. And, 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 but I also tell them, but if you want to enjoy and be part of a, something new, 
then just go and work for a startup. So I, I, I don't lie to them to say we, we are a startup. We are not a startup. No. So you need to decide where you want to be. And, and, and if you are transparent and honest, you may not attract everyone you want, but at least you're going to attract the ones that really want to work mm -hmm. with you. And that's, I, have a, I, had, I, had a, I had a football coach, unfortunately, uh, he passed away a few months ago, that always taught me that you just need the ones that come to the game. Because we had these kids and sometimes some, some ones would not show up and mm -hmm. we would be like 12, 13, and I was like, oh, we're missing this great player. This. And he always told me, you, know, you just need the ones that show up. If they show up, those are the ones that are important for. And I still carry this message. Mm -hmm. is, I, don't need to, I don't need to hire everyone I like. I need to hire the ones that want to work for us. And if they want, it means yeah. that they are committed. And why do people want to work for you? You have to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, 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 th I hope they want to work for me because they believe on what I'm saying mm -hmm. and they believe in, the, in, the, in, in, in what we want to do and they also like the business uh, we, we do. I, I really don't like these people saying I'm very agnostic business on the business I work. Ah, that doesn't work for me. You can't be agnostic. You need to like it. And if you don't like it, yeah. if, you don't, you don't, if you don't have any passion about what you're doing, if you don't have any fun, uh, mm -hmm. I usually say you need to do, if you have to do it, do it right, but have fun with it. Right? One of my principles is that you have to have fun with it. And to have fun, you need to enjoy it. Yeah. You need to be passionate about it. So I think that people that agree to work for me, first, they have passion about what they do. Second, they like our business. And for whatever reason, they also like me. Okay, so let's, let's talk a bit about your... Uh, uh, we talked about how you reorganize your team and how you, make, how, how you develop your, uh, your people um, and why people would be working for you. I would like to work for you. So let's talk about your um, your personality. Um, we we've uh, we ask you to do the um, not necessarily very scientifically, but <laughs> very uh, prominent uh, personality uh, profiling uh, system called MBTI. Mm -hmm. And your personality type is ISFG. Uh, and so the ISFG uh, is also known as the protector. Uh, is a caretaker, uh, loyal to tradition, loyal to um, organizations, very practical, compassionate, caring, motivated to provide for others and protect uh, people uh, around them. Um, so uh, according to this uh, MBTI profile, you're very supportive, reliable, patient, imaginative, observant, enthusiastic, loyal and hardworking and very good in practical skills. Does that resonate with you? And uh, how do you manage a profile like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a full-time job. Um, so I, I did. I never. I have never done that that specific one. Um, but I, I was happy to see that it's it's matching with few others I have done, uh, and some a little bit more scientific also with a mm -hmm. with a, with like bigger things. And I I always have a bit of a mixed feelings about this this tests and this personality evaluation, right? Because it's it's well, it's data driven. Uh, and, and probably is missing this. Pa this point is missing a bit of the feeling, but I think it's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. and, and as you as you as you said, it's a bit of a combination of being imaginative and being f fast, well, forward-looking to a certain extent, but also being protective and being uh, um, methodical. And to combine all of those, it's really exhausting, mm -hmm. because m my mind likes to do things. My mind likes to think about. So I finish something and I and I, I reach a goal and I. I get a successful number and, and I'm thinking immediately about the next one, right? So I, my wife keeps saying, I never really enjoy much the moment. You think, take things personally. I, I take personal, right? And, but you have to. As long as you don't let that uh, um, um, affect you and, 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 and make you change things, right? And you still need to believe, and, but you, you need to take it personal. A job, a job is not just a job. A job is just a job, but it needs to be done right. Mm -hmm. It needs to be taken personal. And, and uh, my, my mom, uh, she's probably a lot of those things I got from her, right? She, she's working, they came from north of Portugal in low-income based family, really hard work, 16, 17, 20 hours a day working, four hours sleep, but they, but, but they keep on going, mm -hmm. right? They keep on working every day. And we have the luxury to do something that can bring, I wouldn't say more value, but can have a different value to our society. And she taught me that you have to be professional in what you do. You need to, to aim for the best, but you need to be humble. And she, she hates when I go on, on conferences and when I have this, this, she doesn't like it. She'd rather prefer me to be... Out of the spotlight. Yes, 
she, she feels very uncomfortable, right? Everyone says, ah, congratulations. She's like, wow. <laughs> but because she likes humbleness. And, and, if, and if you, and when I work, I may sound sometimes a bit arrogant because I, I speak with passion about it, but I'm humble. Mm -hmm. and, and this humbleness also comes, also helps you to, 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 to get your people and, and protect them, right? You need to figure out that those guys, they know a lot more than you do. Mm -hmm. I, I may have some specific background in specific areas, but about our business and about what we do, they know they are miles away from me. And if I come there and say and tell them what they should be doing all the time, and I'm not being humble and I'm not getting their respect. So I combine this imagination and, and, and looking for the next one and looking for the next target, but also with get them work with me. Mm -hmm. And and and, I, and you you we went off this. We're talking about this this one of these assessments we did. Uh, it has a 360 um, mm -hmm. in the company, and they talked to a lot of our the people that is working with me, peers, and reporting lines. Well, there are some negative things there, <laughs> which is I per, I'm pretty much aware. But the, the the positive things there are that I care, mm -hmm. and that I they feel I care, and they feel they feel genuinely that I really care, and they feel that um, I'm not doing something for my own glory, but rather for to make them to make them feel better, mm -hmm. to make them feel trusted and to make them feel respected. Um, well, when I hear, when I join and I hear someone saying, those are guys are underperforming and they say it in a very negative way, it hurts me. It really hurts me. If, if I, some people call me the, the papa bear, it really hurts me if someone just attacks someone from my team without any backup, to, without any, any data just for the sake of it. Um, and, and, but on the other hand, I also tell them, the price you pay for my protection is to be with me. Okay. And it's to it's to support me when I have a new idea. Don't 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 bring me down and say we're not going to do it because then I'm going to be uh, um, demotivated because I'm doing everything I can to keep you protected mm -hmm. and to get you to do your job and then you have to work with me to get also to get me happy on my <laughs> um, thinking. When are you happy in in your work and your life? I, I think I, I I don't remember a time when I wasn't happy in my in my work. Mm -hmm. In my life is a different story. Mm -hmm. Um, my wife says I'm never really happy. Um, I, 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 it's, 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 it's because I, I, I don't stop. My brain doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we, this makes it very personal. I, 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 I go home and I switch off on my work, but I still keep on thinking, right? I, I really have a hard time to say, now I'm going to just entirely focus in my personal life and, and don't even think about it. I keep on thinking. My, and when I sleep, I keep on thinking. And my wife says I speak when I'm speaking. So, um, in my work, I'm very, very happy. In my life, I'm also happy. That's not mm -hmm. what I mean. But, but it's I, I can't split them. It's a, if if I'm unhappy in my work, if I if I don't feel that I'm doing something valuable, and, and then then my life has an has an impact. And how do you manage that? Because you could get overloaded. You could get overstressed, taking things personal, doing, uh, working very hard, taking responsibility. How do you manage that? What, what do you do to relax and to... Um... Um, how do I do that? Um, well, I play football, which helps me a lot. Uh, football and, and running helps me to take my, my stress off. Mm -hmm. Well, I have my daughter that is a full-time job when I'm at home. She's five years old now and she doesn't really care much about technology. Well, she mm -hmm. likes the iPad, but she cares about dancing, she cares about music, she cares about being, uh, being heard. And then my wife, which uh, is... It's, well. She's uh, the one that makes sure that everything is running when I'm too focused. Um, but it, but it's, it's, I don't know, it, I, I think I was, some years ago, it was, I was, it was harder for me to disconnect in a sense of enjoying also mm -hmm. personally. These days, I don't know, I, I think I found my own mechanisms that are just in there and I don't really think about it too. Though I really care and though I really focus on yeah. my work, I also, I also need to enjoy my personal life. And, and, and not so much about me, I mentioned about my daughter, she's five and, and she, I, I don't like, I, I think we, we, she, she needs to have time. What, what is the, for you, the, the mo what are the most important values that you want to give to your, your daughter? Um, well, it's, it's it, well, first that she sticks on her values. <laughs> um, and, and that she, she needs to, to respect others. And by respecting, I always say this, by respecting is not that you don't always, you always speak right and use the right words. And some, that's, that's not respect. That mm -hmm. could be a communication issue. Respect means you, you respect where they come from, you respect um, um, what they believe, you respect nationalities, 
Um, it doesn't matter their color, their religion. That's that's absolutely relevant. It's just a human being that you have to respect, mm -hmm. and and that and that you 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 also understand the value of family, um, and and that's why if you go to the work, right? That's a family for me. My team is a family. It's not just the people okay. doing something. So f f having f for and she, and she doesn't have much family, right? I have a, one brother and my parents, and my entire family is in Portugal, and and our family is in Germany, so we live on our own. So, and she doesn't feel much. So we need to keep on bringing this feeling that she needs to understand the value of family. My, my, myself and my wife, we keep talking about the fact that um, she doesn't have a grandma or a grandpa to, 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 no. to stay on the weekend. And, and this is a, even harder work for us to, realize, to tell her that this, th those are the people you have to look up to. Uh, I, I always say that I don't have any idol, uh, a Steve Jobs or a Ronaldo. Those are, those are, those are great, guys and they did great work but my, my the people I look up to is, is my, my mom my dad my grandma people that are doing hard work with low conditions and they keep on going yeah and this is the values I like to transmit to her could you share with us what the uh, some of the most important guiding principles in your life um, yeah so I, I do have I would say 10 rules principles in my life um, and the text around it is changing over time, but the, the concept itself remains the same. And those are, are a lot to do with what I have talked, mm -hmm. and, and, um, and, and starts with the stepping up and, 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 and for, your, for what you believe. And what, and what so what's your first principle? Is my first principle is exactly to step up for what you believe. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that could be sometimes misunderstood, because some people step up for what they believe for the wrong cause, mm -hmm. but it's more if you have the right, the right values and the right cause, then you should, you should stick to it um, and, 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 and find, don't give up. Just because someone disagrees with you, don't give up. And, and I tell this to the team, just because I may disagree with you, it doesn't mean that you have to give up. If you really believe on that, come back and, and push, push to it. And, and, um, and, and this links to the second principle, mm -hmm. which is the human being is the hardest part of our life. <laughs> Technology is just the easy one. Um, I love social sciences, I love um, sociology and psychology, it's really an area that I really, really like. And, and, and having to work with people, it's a, it's a price, it's a luxury that you have. Um, and and if, if, you, if you really manage to, to connect to people and you really, really manage to connect to, to what they believe, then you, you are just getting much better in this world. And, it, and once again, it doesn't matter if you if it's in a work, or with your friends, or in your football club, or in whatever. It's, it's understand that the person on the other side of the chair, on the table, it, it's just probably as complex as you are. But people are very important for you. People is the most important thing. It's, it's just, I, I, I don't have any other way. If, if you would tell me tomorrow you have to run the entire business without a phone, without a, a laptop, I would still be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Because you have the right people. And, and, but also on your life. Um, I have managed to be surrounded, not always, but at least in the, in the, in the recent, in the recent day, years, to be surrounded by people I trust. Uh, and some of them I managed to bring to work with me, some of them not. But those are, are people that I, I, I stand for, and irrespective of what they do. Okay. And that's, that's, that's yeah, my way of, of going. What's your, your next principle? <laughs> The next, the, the, the next principle I have is, is that you, you shouldn't ask someone else something you don't understand yourself. Uh, and we see this all the time. It, it, it really, really frustrates me. I, I go to a conference and I see people talking about things and technologies and, and then they, they start getting lost in their own thoughts because they just want to use buzzwords. Now, mm -hmm. if, you, if you move that to a, to a, a corporation or to even, well, even to your daughter, right? Um, you, you need to be able to understand what you <laughs> because if you don't do then it, it becomes empty and now now you now you, you move this to the trust and to the into the empathy I, I i know i know nothing about the underlying of the underlying technologies of some, some of the things i do right mm -hmm. we do and because i know nothing i'm humble enough to say i don't i don't know it and therefore i don't ask someone else to know it i'd rather go myself first investigate yep. and to figure out and then I ask someone else to do the same. Uh, and, and this is not always um, well accepted. I'm not saying that this is the right way. Some people also works fine on a very helicopter view. So in my, in my way, working and not working, 
you need to understand. And, and you need to understand first to then ask someone else to understand it. And, and yeah, that's just uh, my way. But a trainer doesn't necessarily have to be a good football player. No, but they need, but they need, but they need to understand football. So you don't, you don't have to be the best football player, as you don't have to be the best programmer, but you need to understand the principle of it. No. You need to understand how to put the players on the pitch or how to coordinate the software developers. And, no. and that, that's what I'm talking about. No. That's why I, like, I, I believe Maureen is a great trainer, even though he was not a great player. <laughs> you used to be a good player. I used to be an okay player. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, uh, and, and probably I'm a I'm, I'm better player than, than, than football manager. But, uh, but, uh, but I, st I still think that I disagree with some players that say that if you're not a, football, uh, a top football player, you can't be a great coach. I, I don't think that. I no. think if you understand the football principle, you can also be a great coach. It's, you're moving your theory. It's one second about people. If, if the coach has the right theory and the right people, the combination is what makes it powerful. What doesn't work is if the coach has the right theory and he has the wrong people, or if he has the right people and the wrong theory. That's, uh, you have so many examples of that. Okay. And the, the next principle I have is, is, is the benefit of the doubt. We are very quick to shut someone down. Mm -hmm. we, we, it's human beings, we, we tend to react pretty quick and, and find guilties and explanations. And uh, we all do about politics, right? About religion, about the, the bomb attacks. We talk about everything and we have very quick to make opinions. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have, to give the, we have to give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, there, there is one TV show that I used to watch with my, my wife, and she, and she doesn't really like TV, she doesn't like to watch anything, but she loves this one, it's called Flashpoint. So Flashpoint is about uh, um, a SWAT team in the US. And the reason why we like that is because it's, it's, all, it's, it's all about people that runs into problems, but they have a real reason. They were not necessarily uh, psychopaths that are just killing people. Mm -hmm. They were having money problems. They, 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 they had a, a daughter that was incredibly ill. This is an extreme. But sometimes giving the benefit of the doubt makes, may help you to understand better situations. And sometimes you give the benefit of the doubt and the, the person or the situation is just wrong. And there is nothing mm -hmm. you can do. But don't, don't shoot first, right? My, uh, my, my uncle, he, he, works for, he used to be in the Air Force, and he used to say, we shoot first and we ask after. <laughs> with, that's okay in the Air Force, <laughs> but most likely in life, you, you can sometimes ask who is there first, and then you can shoot. And, and that's what I like to do. I, I like to give the benefit of the doubt. Okay, good. So about jobs. Yeah, job is just a job. Uh, uh, and... and and though it's important, and I said that, and I don't want to be contradictory, there are also other, there are always other uh, important things in life. And, and you asked the question about personal, and, and what I mean with job is just a job, and there are always other things in life important, is that you need to be able to balance. If you are 100% workaholic, and if, you, if I get people to work, I'm, I'm, very, I'm, very, I'm very against the, the overtime, the weekend work, and, and get the people to pay for your mistakes. So I, I oversell something or I overpromise something and then you guys work 24 hours a day for seven days. That's not fair. If you don't get the people to also enjoy something else in life, they, are not, they can't be mind free to do their job right. Mm -hmm. And, and we, if we go to the, to the, to the, to the well, first and second, third uh, sector on, on, the, on the industry, people working in factories and, 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 and on the fields and agriculture, they work so much in so many hours mm -hmm. that whenever they get to the retirement phase, they're going to look back and say, my life has been only and only about work. And, and some people may be okay with that, but I, I don't want to be the one that is blamed for that. Yep. So I, I, people need to understand that they also need to have life. So balance, personal <laughs> life, professional life is important, not for yourself, but also for the people in your team <coughs> that you work with. and. Because that's the, the way that they be, can be the more effi most efficient and effective? Yes. If you, if you are happy, you are one step closer to be successful. If you are unhappy, there is a big chance you're going to make more mistakes. So free, free, up your mind, uh, free up your mind to do right. And doing that means you go play football, you go to a cinema, or you just go to a coffee and stay out. I don't drink, but I don't go much to coffees, but people like to go out and stay there. When I go for a run, I find fantastic in this good weather sometimes we have in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. 
that I go for a run and I see people sitting outside just with friends, hanging out and enjoying their life. I think those, they probably get happier and they will be more better performers. And then we have um, the, the six that is um, very, um, the six principle is very hard to use in a corporation because it goes against all the HR policies, right? I always say, and I use this very often, you carry your brain every single day. You can also use it every now and then. Mm -hmm. And by that, I, this is very hard, right? But by that I mean, you can, you can think about it. You don't have necessarily to accept everything people tell you. And that is, and that goes to work, but also goes to society, right? Uh, we are in these days where we are overwhelmed with information all over from everyone. And uh, there, is a, there is a statement from Denzel Washington that I, a few years ago he said something I find, I find brilliant. He said, if you read the news, if you don't read the news, you are, you, are mis you are uninformed. If you read the news, you are misinformed. It's very extreme, but it's very, it's very true. Mm -hmm. we, there is a lot of information out there that is just not true. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you move that to work, sometimes you just, you don't have to believe in everything. You'd have to put, spend some seconds and think about it. So, so do you mean uh, critical thinking is important, yes. common sense is important, yes. and don't just take everything for granted that is presented as, yes. as, as the truth and nothing but the truth? Yes. Uh, my, 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 my current manager, he, he always uses this practical wisdom. Uh, sometimes you need to have practical wisdom. You need to, 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 to understand the common sense and, and having a bit of critical thought about it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, once again, this is not just about working, right? it's about life. Yeah. And I, I, probably, I probably think too much about everything. <laughs> I don't take everything for granted, uh, which sometimes leads you to the conspiracy theories and stuff like that. But you still need to be able to do it. You can't just accept everything. Okay. <laughs> and the, the, the next principle, this is what I usually call the rule number seven. So if you go to my team and you ask them the rule number seven, they okay. all, they're all going to know it. They yeah. may not know the other ones, but the seven they all know. And that's, that's, it's about commitment. 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 It's about commitment. If, if you say, if I promise something to someone, or if someone promised something to me, we better do it. So I, I'm not the person that says, you need to do it by tomorrow. I tell you, when do you have it? Which means I'm not giving you a date. I'm not setting you up any timeline. I'm asking you to tell me in your best judgment what's the timeline. Mm -hmm. And now I'm talking more professionally, right? Because in, in life is a bit harder. You can still fail that. Everyone can do it, but you need to have a reason. And that reason needs to be clear and proactively communicated and managed. What I really don't accept, and, and the, my team knows is that I don't accept that in the day of something, you say, oh, you, I, I, I'm not ready, it's the, I'm going to need another week. That's not acceptable. Because at this, moment, at this point in time, there is a ripple effect. There are people that is waiting for you, there are customers that are waiting for you, there are processes that are going to be triggered because of that. There, every single decision, you know this butterfly effect, right? Every single small decision that you, you wrongly do can have a massive impact in the entire mm -hmm. organization. So, I take this, the, the rule number seven, I really call it a rule, it's really important and it's really something I really, really, really emphasize. If you promise something to someone or if someone promised something to you, you, you better do it. Okay. Because if you, if you can't, then you don't promise. So you give trust, but you also want trust back that, that, that you can trust on people performing and delivering. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, great. <coughs> Principle number eight. Principle number eight. And the, 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 the text is not mine. Uh, I used to have a different text, but I, I, I changed the, the, the wording because I found this very cool. In, it's called, it's, it's on time is late. And this is the German, right? I'm Portuguese. On time is, on time is late. On time is later. <laughs> right? Uh, Portuguese, we are and not Portuguese very... Portuguese is a bit late, is on time. Yes, yes. Five, ten minutes is okay, right? Um, and I think that's, that's the wrong mindset. Because if you, if, you, if you think five, ten minutes late is okay, you're also going to be like that in other things, right? Being out of budget two or three millions is also okay. And, and um, not delivering things is also okay. So it's okay, right? It's the, what we call the, the margin. It's within the margin. No, that's no margin. And so it's linked to the seven. If you promise, that's what you have to stick to. And on time is late is not, on, on, on time is, is late is more a principle of, if you think about being there at 10, and if you, and you start at 10, you, you, you target to be there at 10, you're gonna be late. Because something's going to happen, right? Yep. Murphy's law is all over. And I usually say with me, it's Murphy's family. It's not just the guys, everyone around. You're going to get in traffic, you're going to get a meeting, you're going to get a call, you're going to get an email, you're going to be late. And, and, and <coughs> I, I used to have a, 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 a manager in Germany 
well, he was German, half German, half Croatian, and also uh, um, coming from a military background, that, well, he was not doing it all the time, but he would be the guy that would say, this starts at 9. If you get there at 9.01, you close the door, you don't get in. Very extreme. But it's, it's about education. It's about learning that yep. promises and timelines and dates are there for a reason. If you don't care about it, then you are not doing your job. <coughs> and, and so I, I take it serious as much as I can. My wife still says it in my person. I'm not exactly following that 100%. But she's German, right? It's for, for her on time. They, they have 10 years before. They're genetically programmed <laughs> for that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, principle number nine. Um, yeah, so principle number nine is it's, it's, it's really about spending your time right. We, we have, on average, I don't know the numbers, but let's say 85 years in life, right? Or 80, depending if you're male or female. So time is the most precious thing we have in life. Time. Time. Because it's, it's, it's a countdown, right? You, you, you're going you're gonna to be over. It's, yep. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fact. Nothing you can change so far. So when you waste it, and by wasting means you're using it wrong, then you are reducing time of your life. There is this movie I watched a few years ago with uh, uh, Justin Timberlake where they have this time. Uh, there's a, there's a, their life was measured by time and they could transfer time between each other. There was no money. There was nothing else they would pay with time. With so time. The, the economy was paid with time. Which is a pretty interesting concept because it tells about us. Um, so what I believe is that if you have to do it, then do it right. If you have to spend time on it, then doing it right. Prepare yourself or put the right mindset or whatever, but do it right. Don't waste your time and someone else's time. Because one thing is I wasting my time. Mm -hmm. Other thing is you're wasting mine and yours. And you have not asked for it, right? You, you also have your time, your time frame. You're going to be here for 80 or plus. So if I waste my time and your time, I'm being selfish. So if you want to waste someone, just waste yours. Yep. But if, I, if you want my piece of advice, you better do it right. And, and, and that links to the 10th, which is the last one. Yeah. It's if you're going to do it right, but enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always easy in everything in life to enjoy, right? Sometimes yep. I, also do have to I also have to submit taxes and I don't enjoy it. Uh, but I still try to do it right so I don't steal money from the government. Or at least I don't put myself in jeopardy. But in, in what I mean with that is that if you have to do something that is valuable and, and, and you're going to do it, try to do it right, Try to enjoy it. So I'm, I'm here talking to you and I'm enjoying it. Yep. It's not just I'm doing this because it, it's part of it. It's really because I like it. I like to talk about it. I like mm -hmm. this conversation. And, and, and if I go back and I, and I go to the office again and I'm going to have a meeting about a, some, some specific customer, I'm still going to enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to drive back and I'm going to still enjoy to go to the office. Or, or I'm going to enjoy later to go to, to KFC with my daughter on the Friday evening before the games. Mm -hmm. Spending the time is important. Spending it right is important. Having fun. It's, it's super critical for life. Okay, good. Are there any last things you would like to share with us? Because we had a, a, a long conversation, a long interview. Um, I think it was, was brilliant. We talked about your programs and, and, and how you transformed an organization. We talked about how you organize IT digital, how you manage people, how, what your leadership style is, your personality style and your 10 principles in life. Are there any last words that you would like to share with, with people from, uh, with CIOs and digital leaders around the world? <laughs> um, I, I, well, I, I don't have anything prepared to share. Uh, what, I, what I would like for anyone that is listening to this is that the message that I, that I, that I give to people is that um, let's focus more on others and rather than just focusing on ourselves. Mm -hmm. I've talked a lot about it, and, and it sounds like I'm a, I'm a priest in the church, but it's success. Success cannot come on your own just because you are doing something for yourself. I think I'm 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 fairly young, mm -hmm. depending on what the young means. But um, and and I still believe I have a long career ahead of myself. And, and if I isolate myself, if I think just about myself and my success, I'm gonna step on someone's, and and I and I don't believe on that. Um, what I what I when we talk about IT leaders being part of business and IT leaders being part of transformation, I think that needs to come from, from, from being seen as a leader. And as a leader that can really engage, can drive, but can also respect others. And, and I would like to see, to see us stopping, 
talking so much about buzzwords and so much about fancy technology things and start talking about people and start talking about how do we get our people to use it and how to use, uh, how to use that also from a social responsibility we all have, right? This is, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I like to, the reason, someone asked me, the reason I work for Musk, not just Musk, but also Musk is, I, I like the fact that we bring 80% of everything else you have in life is transported over a container. But we also bring food to Africa. We also bring medical equipment and, and mats to, to places where they don't have it. I think to be good at your job, you need to find a cause and you need to believe on it. And if you're not doing that, if you're just doing for the sake of um, career and CV, one day you're going to get to a point you're going to be frustrated. And, mm -hmm. and I, I like to, to believe that I'm, I'm driving in a way where I like what I do because I believe in what I do and because I think there is a reason for that. And so my, my last thing is it's find a cause. And the cause is not like you have to fight for, for something, but find something that gets you really happy. And then everything else is just a consequence. Okay. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did as well and thank you for coming over and, uh, and for sharing all your knowledge, wisdom and, uh, and insights with, uh, with the rest here. Fantastic. It was a great talk. Thank, thank you. you very much for inviting me.